0: From Amazon best-selling author and journalist Remzo W. Martinez comes a new novel asking you how far you're willing to go to succeed if it means losing yourself in the process. How to succeed in politics and other forms of devil worship follows operative Art Brown as he attempts to build a reputation in the blood sport of politics. But that's not all. The story also goes back in time to the civil rights era to show you how a progressive judge once endorsed by the NAACP went on to become one of history's greatest villains. A clash between House of Cards and Hunter S. Thompson, this book has enough comedy, romance, and twists, and turns, of course, to keep you hooked regardless of where you sit on the political aisle. How to Succeed in Politics and Other Forms of Devil Worship by Remzo W. Martinez is available today on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Click the link in the show notes to go ahead and get your copy of How to Succeed in Politics and Other Forms of Devil Worship by our good friend Remzo W. Martinez. And now, on to the show.
1: Brian Nichols, you're a great man with some great ideas, a great podcast.
0: Do you see why he's my favorite libertarian people? (laughs) Yes. He's full of common sense and wisdom. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show.
2: Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network.
0: Today I am joined by easily one of the best of the best, Matt Kibbe. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show.
2: Hey Brian, it's good to be with you. By the way, let me take a step back and say I love what you're doing. I love the conversational style and it's a combination of good fun and serious ideas. I love the fact that your show's doing what it does and and this is how we win the future. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest-growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about
0: Friday, but it's not just Friday, it's Black Friday, which means that yesterday was Thanksgiving. What were you thankful for, folks? Well, I'll tell you what I was thankful for. You guys, the best audience in the whole freaking world, the audience of The Brian Nichols Show, and yes, I am your humble host, Brian Nichols, and if you are joining here uh, to The Brian Nichols Show for the first time, thank you, and I I hope you enjoy today's episode, and uh, you become a longtime listener and subscriber here of The Brian Nichols Show, Uh, because today, we're going to do part two of my conversation with uh, the one and only Max Gulker from the American Institute for Economic Research. Now, part one uh, was a breakdown of Elizabeth Warren's economic policies. We we really broke down what her different plans were, um, and really, what would be the economic... uh, the economic vision for her in America, if elected. Uh, so definitely go ahead, number one, and listen to that episode. And when you come back uh, after that and listen to today's episode, you're going to hear us discuss Andrew Yang. So today's episode is focusing on, yes, uh, Yang gang, Andrew Yang's universal basic income, or as he calls it, the uh, the freedom dividend. Uh, I swear to God, just give it something, a patriotic name, and and you know pass it as a bill, and, and everybody will support it, because America. <laughs> uh, but anyways, no, guys, uh, hopefully you enjoyed today's episode. And of course, be sure to uh, share with family or friends, especially to those, in the Yang Gang. So without further ado, on to the show, Max Golker returning to The Brian Nichols Show. Hello, Brian. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, sir. So, I mean, folks must have left the Elizabeth Warren conversation feeling absolutely excited for a future under a oh, president, boy. Elizabeth Warren. If they did actually know, maybe you're at the wrong show or you're just trying to learn a little bit more. So hopefully uh, the analysis of Elizabeth Warren's, not only tax plans, but her vision for an economic future um, helped you at least see uh, some of the very real dangers and flaws in her policies and her positions. But uh, today, if you're you're here on the show and you're listening to us discuss Andrew Yang, you're probably part of the Yang gang. Um, but it, with that, hey, first and foremost, we're going to welcome you with open arms. We here at the Brian Nichols Show like to have conversations from people all over the place. And today I want to have Max Galker return to the show um, using his his economic knowledge and being one of the, the head economists over at AIER, which is the American Institute for Economic Research uh, with the great Jeffrey Tucker over there. Um, so I wanted him to kind of use his expertise and dissect really a, a lot. Of, first and foremost, we got to discuss the elephant in the room, the UBI, right? That's kind of right. like the the crux of yang's um entire economic vision but we'll also discuss kind of uh, his approach towards automation um and regulation so first and foremost let's kind of discuss andrew yang's ubi so i'll I'll kind of turn things over to you max what is ubi why is it completely insane if you're especially if you're an austrian economist um and and what would it do to our our economy if we institute a ubi
1: so so his proposal and we'll, we'll get into the why in a minute also um but it's um it's basically every Ameri- he calls it the freedom dividend which is just a gimmicky little thing to call it but it's it's known in economics as a universal basic income um it's um the way he has it set up is everybody every citizen of the country gets $1000 a month so $12000 a year man woman and child there's no means testing um there's there's uh no nothing now this is this is an idea that has been discussed and gained traction over the years in sort of some surprising circles. Some libertarians will say, "Well, this is better than the way we do government now, where you know we 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 try to interfere in everything and and that kind of thing." So it's sort of a pragmatic um, solution. What what I will say about it, uh, and this is just in general before we get to sort of Yang's candidacy um, in specific, is now for. People who are on welfare now, for for people who are poor, I would switch from the the utter mess that our welfare system is of like a hundred different programs that are you know eat your vegetables, get married, get you know th- these kinds of things. I would switch right. from that to some kind of cash payment like that looks like what he does for them tomorrow. Um, th- you know, it, it's what we do right now is is it costs more than just giving people money. Um, it's paternalistic and and kind of terrible, but When you get beyond that, you have to pay for it, right? Um, You you know, know, I would be in favor of that for, you know, subbing out um, the welfare programs that we have now. But when you're giving everybody that, now now I am, I will say also, I'm sympathetic to the idea that, you know, less red tape and bureaucracy leaves less chance for um, corruption, leaves less chance for big companies kind of, you know, having, having an extra say in things. But- we're talking trillions and trillions of dollars here, and so at that point, unless you're into modern monetary theory, um, which is which is more the kind of Sanders economists who say we can print as much money as we want or, or a lot more money at least, um, in, in, unless that's your jam, um, you're going to have to pay for it with higher taxes. And and you know indeed Yang has a sales tax that is financing like I forget like a third to a half of this UBI. And so, you know, it's like um, for somebody in the middle class, he's giving them some money and then having them pay it back in sales tax. Now, it may right. not be all of it. There are some good economic reasons to have a sales tax rather than an income tax. But, um, you know, it becomes this sort of shell game where either it's this gigantic, unfinanced liability you know, that, that blows up the budget or it's just kind of moving different taxes around. Um, and so it almost it almost becomes like a gimmick in a way. Now, here's where I want to bring in kind of his overall vision, um, and also a little bit talk about him and his supporters because he is in a lot of ways more sympathetic than an Elizabeth Warren say. Um, so, his his idea, um, his his primary justification for this UBI, is that we have automation that's happening, that we have machines and robotics and artificial intelligence that are going to replace a significant fraction of jobs in the country. And, you know, essentially, we need to be giving people this money so that they can survive um, or that they can, um, you know, have the time to, you know, retrain themselves and that sort of thing. Now, the problem here. And so I actually, you know, several weeks ago, before I had really written about him, um, I was getting ready to give a couple talks down in Texas about technology. Um, uh, uh, I write a bunch about technology beyond kind of the policy stuff that we've talked about a lot. And I I tweeted something saying that Yang is making a mistake in his automation, kind of his technopocalypse, when he sort of, takes one trend and like brings it out 20 years into the future and then thinks about it in the world we live in now. Right. Right? So it, it, it's like drop the machines of 20 years from now into the world we live in now, and, and a lot of jobs are going to get ruled obsolete. The, the The problem with that is we have 20 years of the market evolving around that, of people finding ways to be valuable. Um, and And so it's really not quite... Um, it, it, you can't, you can't just take one thing and change it. And, and actually libertarians out there will be familiar with this. This is the same as when people say to you, okay, let me imagine the world we're living today and take the government out. And now who's going to build the roads? Who's going to do this, right? <laughs> who's going to do that?
0: <laughs> oh yes. Every libertarian's similar. ears just started to bleed.
1: Right, right, right. Um, but it, 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 it's a similar idea where you don't, um, take into account, that society is changing. Now, I tweeted this, and it went sort of quasi-viral among the Yang Gang. And, um, and I started getting lots of responses, and there was like a 48-hour stretch where I got you know dozens of comments and things from all these people. And I stepped back at one point, and I looked. and, and you know, when, when I've run afoul of other candidate supporters or people on either the socialist left or the nationalist right, like it gets ugly and it gets ugly fast, very fast. <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm looking at all this stuff from the Yang Gang, and I'm thinking it's all like, hey, here's a report on automation from McKinsey. I'd really like you to read it. <laughs> like, it's know, like, hey, all, thanks, all man. And I was like, wow, you know, it, it, it's. I, I will say that um, that as a group, uh, you know, they are they're very enthusiastic, they're very intense, but um, it was so much of a better dialogue that we were having than. I would with, with virtually anybody else. And I do think that that says something about his supporters. And I think that says something about the man that's, you know, at the center of the campaign that he's running something with that tone. Now, all of that said, um, I think that, that he misses the point. And just like, um, Elizabeth Warren kind of brings in her mindset as a lawyer um and, and misses or, or misses the mark with the presidency pretty badly. Um, Yang is sort of a serial entrepreneur that he was for a couple of decades. Um, I think actually makes a pretty fundamental mistake. Now, um, so I wrote something that that actually the title sums it up. It was something like we thrive thanks to many Andrew Yangs, not just one, right? And the idea is that Yang thinks he needs to have the big disruptive idea because that's what an entrepreneur does, right? They have a big idea. They believe in their big idea. It's different. They're thinking outside the box. Um, But the thing is that's valuable because there are a million people out there doing that. And we don't know which ones of those ideas are going to succeed at first. And they go and get tested in the market and they compete. Right. And so, uh, and so when yang brings that sort of thing to the presidency and he has his disruptive idea that's this ubi and this sort of automation story um the problem is there's only one president so it, yeah. it becomes a much bigger deal whether he's right or wrong and again i i think that i think that he just misses the mark in terms of you know th- this is This is part of a larger trend that's been going on for decades and that continues to go on, Brian, which is that our labor force is getting higher skilled or that people are demanding a higher skilled labor force. Right. And we lost a lot of manufacturing jobs from outsourcing. We shifted to a service economy. This causes real upheaval. And sometimes as libertarians, we don't do a great job of recognizing that. But at the same time. I I looked and you know we've lost like seven million manufacturing jobs in the last like forty years, and unemployment basically you know if you take out the business cycles from it is about the same. <laughs> right. Um, so so you know the If you had told people in 1979 you're going to lose a third of your manufacturing jobs and the population is going to grow by this much, they would they would be like, this is an apocalypse. What do we yeah. have to do? And you know what we had to do was was have the market gradually figure things out, and again, I don't want to. I don't want to obscure the fact that um, that causes people real problems, but it causes people much greater problems when you try to fix it and you try to patch it up. Um, and so, and, and and so, I think that he's really try, sort of banking on on one big idea that we don't know is necessary, or we don't know his solution will work. So, and this is
0: the part that I think. It, it, it kind of drives me crazy about Andrew Yang mm-hmm. is that he's such a smart guy. Like he, yep. he, he really seems to to get a lot of the stuff that even we talk about when we talk about, you know, yep. I heard him on Ben Shapiro and, and he was, if you were to take out like the UBI argument that he's promoting, oh, yeah. a lot of his arguments are based on kind of pseudo free market principles. Yeah. Um, and obviously there's, there's quite a bit that we we have issue with. Um, yeah. But, I'm like he's right there. He's on the edge, but then all yep. of a sudden he 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 sees the government as almost like an expansion arm of the the free market, and it, that mm-hmm. it can do good just because it's the government and it's being it should be used to do good. Um, and I'm not sure if if he's just in the mindset of well, the government needs to have a good person leading it with a good vision, or he he is ignoring the fact that once you create and establish this this precedence of you know this massive government overreach and in this case is it's literally yeah. taxing trillions of dollars yeah, yeah. and giving it out you know hand over fist to people that it, not only is that going to have an impact on our economy you know as it is if he were to do it but that's going to open the door for people down the road to do that and more and and right. could truly cripple
1: our economy and like it's, right. and, and that's you always have to ask you know remind people think about these kinds of powers in the hands of not the guy you like but the guy you hate because basically we've, we've alternated between presidents that half the country hates for a long time. Now, <laughs> that's been right? going great guys. And, 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 and so, and so to think that's not going to, to think you're not going to see another president you hate is, is, is pretty naive. Yeah. Um, yes. Yang is, a, um, seems like a good guy. Seems like a smart guy is um, uh, even with this enormous sort of bizarre idea is still better than a lot of the candidates out there, you know, as we just talked about Elizabeth Warren, I would take Yang over Warren in a second, but, um, and, and, well, the case in point, you know, I'm, um, I'm excited that this weekend I'm going to actually to Grand Rapids, Michigan, and I'm talking to a students for Liberty group about technology and privacy. And I was kind of looking around today and I saw that Yang released kind of a, a, a technology, um, plan or a, you know, policy and, he basically said, um, "No, breaking up these companies like Elizabeth Warren wants to do is not a good idea. Um, we need to be empowering and better informing consumers to take ownership over o- um, over their own data." That's basically what I've been saying, and mm-hmm. you know, so on on there 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 are places where um, he really gets it right, where he brings something a little bit different to the campaign, and I appreciate that. I just think that in the end. He's, I don't know what kind of story he's telling himself about what, you know, we need, you know, a good guy leading the country. We need this, we need that. Um, I think he has his instincts as an entrepreneur to have a big idea and to get everything behind it and to push that idea. And that's what he's doing. I think he'd and, be so much um, better served but, but if he were a to go size of one instead right. of a million. I, I say I think he'd be so much
0: better served if he were to just take this energy and take this vision he has and just dedicate it into some you know free market institution that he can create. I mean he. He's yeah. been able to captivate so many people that shows that there's a desire for people to, to you know, get up mm-hmm. to be a part of this. Um, yep. And I mean, heck, he he did it uh, during the campaign where he, he did basically a, a UBI or a freedom dividend that he gave away to some people when they entered into a competition um, to, you know, on his website. And yeah. like, I mean. Yeah, he's kind of showing the the point that libertarians make all the time is that voluntary action is the way to go. You can make a real substantive difference in a lot of people's lives if you're just to take the initiative instead of saying, well, you know what? I could take the initiative, but darn it all. I'm just going to use a strong arm of the government to do it for me.
1: Well, you know, I'm laughing because I'm thinking about, you know, I'm I would make a terrible entrepreneur. Okay, I'm (laughs) the guy who I'm the guy who who finds what's wrong with every idea. Right. That's my job. Um, so, but because of that, I'm able to step back and tell you what's important about entrepreneurship, right? I can have that perspective. And it's funny because Yang, who's obviously a very good entrepreneur, is making this, this key mistake where he's sort of betting the farm on one idea instead of in our economy, you know, like I said, you know, all of these ideas. And I really do believe very strongly that we need to think about, how to put those forces of entrepreneurship to use in solving some of our kind of social problems um in addressing them. But that's, again, that's bottom up voluntary action. That's the only way that works. Um, right yeah, whereas um, where, where, where whereas Yang is trying to sort of apply that idea from the top down and right, and yes, if he would if he would let go of this idea, he, he would easily be the best of the candidates out there. Oh, for I'll, sure. I'll, I'll say that.
0: Yeah. And, and um, you know, it's you know amazing too. And let's kind of look at it from an unintended consequences perspective, right? Is when you look at UBI right now, which he's promoting to be, um, you know, the, the answer to the ills of the future, he's, he's doing it in response to what he sees as the issue. Again, what we discussed automation, but then you have to ask the question, so why is automation becoming more of an issue? And you can almost see a direct correlation between the the rise in automation and the rise of the minimum wage because yeah. now you have a government program right. that was put in place to try and help the less you know the less fortunate the less you mm-hmm. know the, less skilled um, and and to try to set a, a value on their labor the problem is is that that labor wasn't equaling to the return on investment that their employer was getting now yeah. take that on the other like let's entirely flip this on its head unintended consequences of entrepreneurship and I'll give you, a, 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 you know anecdotal example just in the industry I find myself in, in telecommunications and to see when yeah. we had the deregulation of the telecommunication industry in the 1990s I mean there was literally an explosion in the advancement of, of telecom yep. services and I mean looking at where we've gone from you know a POTS line which is quite literally a copper line that you use to make phone calls to now we have you know massive gig Plus circuits that are out there transferring data at the speed of light, you know, across, you know, from one part of the world to the exact opposite side of the world. I mean, that is so exciting to see, you know, that that not only creates opportunity for, you know, larger marketplaces and connecting people, but it actually offers a new opportunity in different industries for people that otherwise it wouldn't have existed, be it, you know, in the telecommunications industry itself, um, or, you know, jobs that were created, because the telecommunication industry was able to expand or jobs that were expanded upon. So for example, um, you know, let's look at engineering companies or architect companies. You're sending these massive, massive CAD files across, you know, how many hundreds of miles, you know, to, to another engineer who has to download those files without the advancement in the telecommunication industry. Those that would take, you know, you either put it in the snail mail, or it would take hours and hours and hours for it to you know even get to like one meg of data being transferred. So to see that expansion, to see that growth, now you've created more opportunity for completely different marketplaces that you weren't really even interacting with in the first place. So I think the theme that we should be really considering as we're discussing um, you know how the government fiddles with an economy is the, the theme of un- unintended consequences. But also, instead of trying to make you know everything perfect, is let the right. marketplace do its own thing and let the positive unintended consequences start to rise up and really i mean it sounds so cliche but yes it does help yep. lift all boats but it, it really does when you look at the the impact that it's you know just in one example i gave of how it has helped yep. raise up different industries and i think that's something that should be you know should be not only celebrated but should be in, endorsed and should yep. hopefully be promoted and i would really wish that somebody like andrew yang would would take the the reins and actually go ahead and lead that charge and do it
1: yeah he would be he would be great at that I, I, let, let me let me put it this way you know, it, what, what the UBI is basically saying, if it's in response to this idea, this, this projected automation, is um, a lot of you are not going to be valuable anymore. So we need to support you so that you don't have to go out there and struggle and figure out how to be valuable. Okay, what I want is millions of people slowly over time figuring out how they can add value as technology evolves, as it co-evolves with technology. That's when we really grow. Right? Oh, hundred percent that's when millions of people are doing that, and that doesn't mean millions of people are suffering. That means there is some adversity, but it's at, it, it will be less gar- adversity, I guarantee you than the sort of stagnation that we might have if we just say, "Okay, you guys can sit at home or you have you know these needs taken care of um or those kinds of things and 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 I don't want that to sound cold to people um because I really do think that overall that alleviates human suffering rather than rather than increasing it but but with it it also brings tremendous innovation tremendous evolution of our economic system um of our institutions um as technology changes and and that's that's really where we want to be so let's,
0: uh, because we're already getting to the point of the show, where I wanted to get yep. wrapped up because I mean, we we wanted to keep these more bite-sized episodes for folks so they could really, you know, try to analyze things on a much more high-level
1: perspective. But so they don't have to listen to Elizabeth Warren for, for an hour, <laughs> yeah. Okay. That too. Um,
0: and, and honestly, Andrew Yang is as much more, I think, um, you know, endearing. Uh, not only candidate, but also as a person, I I, yep. I I would want to go have a gluten-free beer with Andrew Yang is what I'm trying yeah. to say. Um, but let's kind of look, you know, let's just assume, shall we? 2020, for some reason, Andrew Yang was able to sneak through and become a Democratic nominee and he takes down Donald Trump. What do you kind of look at in terms of where we will be in a 2020 to 2024 Andrew Yang presidency, do you think he actually is able to institute, you know, this this freedom dividend, and he's able to, you know, help give everybody a thousand dollars a month,
1: or is this just a pipe dream? That's the thing is that, you know, we we uh, we sometimes in um, at this point in elections, we're we're really taking people's proposals and we're we're thinking about them really getting implemented, whereas. You know, I think somebody like Sanders would have a huge problem getting a lot of his stuff done. The scary thing about somebody like Warren is I think she might be able to do it more effectively. Um, th- I, I think it would be tremendously hard to do this. Um, it, in some ways, it wouldn't involve that much sort of government infrastructure because it's like everybody gets the money. But again, we're talking about moving trillions of dollars around. In kind of this shell game, so I right. think it's extremely risky. Do I want to say he's worse than person X, Y, or Z? No. Um, I have plenty of problems with the incumbent. Pre- I mean, the incumbent president um, pretty much is president because of a reaction against <laughs> exactly this labor force becoming yes. more skilled. Yes. Um, Trend. Um, that's why he's there. And and you know the stuff he's done with trade has been terrible. But um, but 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 I don't. Um, you know and and and, yeah, it's a test of, in a lot of ways, he's a more appealing candidate than most of the kind of either cookie cutter or sort of far left candidates. But, um, I don't want somebody who's gonna put all their eggs into one basket like that,
0: right. Yeah. And, and and I think it's important for people to to realize, too, that it's not necessarily voting for the person you like the most. Right. right. Um, and yes, Andrew Yang, I think he has his heart in the right place. It's just unfortunately it's it's not in a place historically that's shown to be successful. Um, and if, <laughs> if anything, like the history has shown that yeah. when when you have a freer marketplace that, you know, it does help. So many people, I forget the name of the website and I was trying to search for it just now, but um, I think it's a a product of Cato. Human progress. Thank you. Human progress. I think that, I think that's the one I was thinking of and just to see the numbers across the board, across the world Mm -hmm. just dramatically dropping from poverty to disease and famine and it's all been directly correlated with a freer world and i think that's the part that people need to realize is that you know we need to encourage this we need to foster this instead of trying to say you know everything's not perfect now damn it and we're going to make it perfect tomorrow that's not how things work on that
1: same topic let me just really quickly brian say a book that um that that people might recommend to their friends that I've actually recommended to several of my more kind of left-leaning friends is called Enlightenment Now. It's by a guy named Steven Pinker. And it's it's a very similar theme to that Cato website about how these market forces and liberalization has essentially made the world so much more prosperous. It's powerful, especially because, um, for, for folks who aren't necessarily maybe in Brian's in my camp already because – the author is not a libertarian. The author isn't saying, you know, there shouldn't be a government. There should, but he's still recognizing the awesome force that that's here in these market forces. And so, um, I, I, I think um, again, it's called Enlightenment Now by Stephen Pinker, and I think I think he's uh, does a pretty compelling job. Well, Yang Gang, if you uh, you stuck in there and you made it through,
0: I, I welcome you with open arms to be a long-term listener, because this is the kind of conversation we have here on The Brian Nichols Show. I, I think we approach things very objective and very fair, and I've always had the door open for people who disagree to come on the show and, and to really speak why they, t- tell me why. Like, explain how you got to your positions and why you believe what you believe. And I mean, I've had Democratic Socialists on my show. Um, I've had you know conservatives, I've had social conservatives, I've had um, you know, liberals, I've had I I mean pretty much anybody you can think of and the whole point is just to have conversations. And this is really what we need to do going forward. I think that's why yeah. a lot of libertarians look at someone like an Andrew Yang or even, heck, even a Tulsi Gabbard. And they're like, you know, yeah. I get it and I would support it just for the the sole fact yeah. that they're genuinely nice people who are trying to have a conversation. Yeah. They're not trying to go out and, you know, make, like, ban me, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like to, to be well, real. It,
1: it, there's, it's a real legitimate question for libertarians now, you know, where do you go? Because the other party isn't. Being reliably pro-market in in a way that I think people saw them as being for for a certain stretch of time, and so um, you know there is a lot of um, you know there, there there are third parties. The Libertarian Party does great work, um, and uh, you know I I think these are these are all really important questions and really important kind of topics for conversation. So. I, uh, I laughed when you said
0: uh, the Libertarian does, uh, Party does great work because I agree 100% and that's why I actually joined the Libertarian Party officially. Um, and I think and, I knew that
1: actually. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, and, and, and folks, if you want to join the Libertarian Party too, like all you, you got to do is go to lp.org forward slash Brian Nichols show. I mean, come on, that's that's a great way to, uh, to help not only grow the party, but actually, you know, make a, a real substantive difference in, in joining the quite literally largest pro-Liberty Party out there in the United States. But hey, Max, I appreciate you coming on the show. I mean, it's always a great conversation and I love your insight. So thank you for all you're doing over at AIER. Where can folks go ahead and follow you um, if they're interested to learn more about not not only AIER, but also to uh, stay up to date with all the work you're doing over there?
1: Okay, so first and foremost, go to AIER.org. Those three vowels in a row. It's a tough acronym. Let me say it again. AIER.org um and you'll see we have so much content on a daily basis and it's articles that are meant for folks like your listeners who have an interest in economics who know a little bit about economics but who are not PhDs right um and and that's who I like talking to and um and and we have you know an amazing roster of of writers that you know that Jeffrey Tucker like a whirlwind has, has kind of put into place both <laughs> both people that work for us and people's you know some of the top academics of places like George Mason um and so that's the first place you go um to get to get um more on my stuff and you know my little one liners and things like that you can follow me on Twitter that's where i do most of my communicating for for this job um and it's it's um, also not the greatest Twitter handle. Max G, like Max Gulker Max G A I E R. Again, that's Max G A I E R. And just in um, case, just in case, um, I will include um, all I'd, links. I'd love to have you.
0: Yeah, no, I, and just in case, I will I will include all links uh, to yes. make sure that if folks are driving right now, they're like, wait, wh- where was that? T- yeah. Take the time when you get home, go to the show notes, click the links, and you can go ahead and follow Max. And also go ahead and uh, check out AIER. They're definitely on my my browser homepage because I, I go there all the okay. time. A lot of great work over there and a lot of great stuff from Max. So uh, Max, thank you so much for joining the Brian Nichols Show again. It was a blast, and I'm looking forward to having you on in the future.
1: Thank you, Brian.
0: All right, so that's going to do it for my show today with Max Gulker as we discussed Andrew Yang's universal basic income and, of course, his economic vision for America. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share with family and friends, especially those in the Yang gang. This is an episode they need to hear. Um, but hey, if you want to do us a favor at The Brian Nichols Show, number one. I need you guys to go over and hit that subscribe button, right? We have shows just like this coming out every single week. great content with great guests. and I hope honestly you guys leave the show feeling educated. Enlightened and informed. So if you did, you sharing the episode just makes my day. Uh, and you know, also if you guys could uh, head over to Twitter and on Facebook, you can follow me at B Nichols Liberty. Uh, and it's always a lot of fun over on Twitter. That's where I do my political snark and commentary. And uh, Facebook is a great uh, medium for for memes. Uh, and we have a lot of fun memes over there. Um, so if you if you like uh, to get some some political humor in your life, uh, head over. It's uh, Brian Nichols Show. It's uh, at B Nichols Liberty, both on Facebook and again on Twitter. And while you're surfing the interwebs, head over to your favorite podcast catcher uh, and rate us a uh, a review, please. Uh, and five star review would be nice too. Uh, so if you could go hit that five star rating and a nice little review, again, it helps uh, helps us move up the, the rankings and reach more people. Um, and honestly, that's the goal here: the Brian Nickel Show is to reach more people to hopefully spread the message of liberty. And uh, you know, I want to wrap up finally, folks, by saying thank you. In all sincerity, I do this because I love it, um, and because I I love to see you guys interact with me. Um, to, to hear that you you get value out of this and to hear you guys share with your family and friends and, and the feedback you receive it just it makes me so so thankful to know that I have a great audience like you guys. So without all of you, none of this is possible. So again, just from the bottom of my heart, thank you for just being great. So guys enjoy the rest of your uh, your, your holiday. enjoy your weekend. So with that, signing off for Max Goker from AIER.
2: We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com.